Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Come on, side, side, side. What's up, everybody? Said Lover. Uh, Monday again, time for Come On Son, the podcast. Oversaw by, of course, Combat Jack, as I say every week, the man that got me at the podcast, and may your soul rest in eternal peace. And may everybody out there who's listening to this podcast find eternal peace, which I think is so important. Today is so much stuff to cover this Monday. Why don't we start it off covering everything right, like by covering yourself in the love of Jesus Christ. I think that's what we all need. I did something very interesting this weekend. Um, I visited a church here in Chicago by the name of New Beginnings Church of Chicago. And I went there at the invitation of a friend and um, I heard the pastor speak and I went last week and decided to go again this week. And this week I joined the church. Um, and to me, it's very important for me to get my spiritual life and my relationship with Jesus correct. Um, a lot of us do have relationships with Jesus, but do you have the correct relationship with Jesus? Uh, are you walking with God every day, every minute um, of every hour? It is not easy at all. All right. It's not. And I understand that there's a lot of things that, that um, come across your life and a lot of things that make you feel one way, another way. Right. And, um, Many of us think that it's hard to be a Christian, but it's much harder not to be a Christian. Jesus said in Matthew, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew um, 11, chapter 28 to through 30. And that's what you have to understand that if you take on Jesus's yoke, your burden will lighten up. Like everything that was heavy on you will lighten up. And part of the reason why it's not lightening up on you, if you have a heavy burden on your heart right now is because you're not, you're not taking Jesus's yoke. You're not absolutely accepting and walking and living and breathing godly. You're not, you have to take it on 100%. And it's not an easy thing to do, and I understand that. I'm still working on myself, so please don't think 
I'm on some holier than thou stuff right here. Please don't think that I'm telling you what what you're doing wrong, and I don't do anything wrong because I absolutely do things wrong all the time. But I'm trying, and I'm working on it every day. And God has blessed me in so many ways that I can't even imagine that it would happen to me. And the same blessings are there for you. You just gotta be ready to accept it and ready to accept Jesus and God's love for you. Uh, and it's a beautiful thing. So I'm very happy that I joined the church. I'm very happy that I'm going to get to study a little bit harder. I'm very happy that I opened my heart up for Jesus to reaccept me because I've been baptized and all of that. And I just, you know, you get things get convoluted and the message gets muddied because there's so many false prophets out here that's after your money, that sometimes you start losing the message. And it's not going to be a perfect church that you're going to go to because you're not perfect. So if you found a perfect church and you joined the perfect church, the church would be imperfect as soon as you walk through the door because you're not a perfect person. None of us are perfect, right? We all make mistakes. We all have to forgive each other for our mistakes because we're not God and we can't, you know, a lot of people like to say only God can judge me. And that's true, but you're going to be judged by man here while you're on this planet. Right. So that being said, you have to try to live a little bit more godly every day, a little more Christ like every day. And um, don't wait because tomorrow's not promised. That is one of the truest things I've ever heard before. Ever. Anybody say that tomorrow is not promised. That is absolutely true. Tomorrow is not promised for anybody. One of my friends just got let go of his job. And he thought he had job security. I mean, this dude been there almost 15 years. And, of course, he got, a, you know, his cutbacks. Things ain't the same as they were. He lost his job. Now he's got to find another job from when he'd been somewhere for almost 15 years. That's crazy to me. But there is no security and there's in your work or in your life. So you got to make sure that you're solid. You got to make sure that you're solid spiritually. You got to make sure that you're solid financially. Because you never know. You may wake up and and that'd be your last day on this earth. So if you're not solid with God, you have a problem, a serious problem, a problem that you may not want. So I say all of that stuff just to tell you that I'm happy about the steps that I made towards God. And if you don't have it, if you don't have it in your life right now, just make that step. Just, just accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and make that step towards God. You're not going to be perfect. You're not. You're going to sin. You are. But make that step because your relationship with God is your relationship. It's not mine. I'm the, when I tell you this, I'm talking about me. I'm talking about me trying to get myself into heaven. I, I can't talk for you. I can't vouch for you. When it comes time to be judged, I can only talk for myself. and You can only talk for yourself. So whose life am I talking about? I'm talking about Ed Lover's life. I'm talking about Ed Lover trying to make sure that when it's all said and done, I'm right with God, I'm right with Jesus, and I get into the kingdom. And try to treat people well. Try to We are all so judgmental, really. But one thing that I do know is it's okay to be judgmental. And another thing that I do know is the difference between right and wrong. Let's talk about a few things that are wrong. All right, on today's podcast. Show me, shall we? Let's talk about, first and foremost, the fact that as of this recording of this podcast, 
there's a government shutdown going on. The longest government shutdown so far in history. TSA agents, air flight, air traffic, whatever you want to call it, whether it's air traffic or air flight, controllers haven't been paid. People that work for the government have not been paid. And this is all because our president of these United States, Donald J. Trump, wants to build a $5.8 billion wall on the southern border of Mexico. $5.8 billion of your taxpayers' money will go to building this wall. These are the same people, mind you, that you could call out on a number of things that you feel that they don't do right. The first thing that I feel like they don't do right is they don't take care of teachers correctly in this in this country. They don't take care of firefighters correctly in this country. They don't take care of police correctly in this country. We especially don't take care of our veterans correctly in this country. There are so many veterans out there that fought for our freedoms, and then when they come home, they basically cock their behinds up and shit on them. They can't get the help they need. They can't get the psychiatric help they need. They can't find a decent, well-paying job. Not living just at the poverty line, but well-paying job. Don't you think they deserve a well-paying job when they come home for fighting for this country? But we the ones that want to stand up and say that anybody kneeling is a disrespect to our veterans. We want to stand up and fly the planes over the stadium. And we want to play God Bless America and America the Beautiful and the National Anthem. And everybody's supposed to take their hats off and stand and put their hands over their hearts for a company, for a company, for a country that contradicts themselves over and over and over time and time again when it comes to this country. And you want to spend $5.8 billion on building a wall of our money. Here's the hypocrisy. When you were running for election, you all promised that this wall would be paid for by the Mexican government. Did we forget that? You all said that this wall will be paid for by the Mexican government. But now you want $5.8 billion of the tax money, tax money, taxpayers' money to pay for it. You distinctly said we're going to get Mexico to pay for it when you were running for it. Now it's a whole different ballgame. Now you want to use the taxpayers' money to do it. Don't we got other things that we should be concentrating on than building a wall, trying to scare people? When if you look at any one of these studies that have been done, immigrants are not committing the most crimes in this country. So it's security from who? From from the people of Mexico? You think a border wall is going to stop the influx of drugs into this country when you've already discovered tunnels? How do you think El Chapo got out of jail from a tunnel that y'all didn't even know was there? You don't think they've already started making tunnels underneath where you supposedly want to put this border wall? Why don't you just hire more people to go out there and stop 
them from coming in this country illegally. Now, this is supposed to be the land of milk and honey, right? This is supposed to be, you know, Statue of Liberty, give me your da 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 yearning to be free, all of that. And we do need to vet people better when they're con- trying to come in this country and be here legally. We do need to do a better job of vetting people to make sure you see what their background is, blah, 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 blah. Right? That being said, you don't need to build a $5.8 billion wall. And the reason why we have a government shutdown right now is because y'all are just playing power with each other. Like, this is what I want. I have the power to do it. I'm the president. And Congress is like, nah, we're not voting for that. Can we bring that price down a little bit? No, I want $5.8 billion. Meanwhile, the people that work for this, this country are suffering, but y'all are not suffering. The lawmakers have not missed one check, and they're not going to. Isn't that ironic? They're supposed to be for the people, by the people, but the people are the ones that lose every single time. It's crazy. You got to pay attention to your elected officials. So if they're not working for us, when it comes time for re-election, they definitely, they got to, they got to go. They got to skip. They need, they need to be gone. They need to be gone. Now let's talk about the latest thing that's been on everybody's mind, R. Kelly. R. Kelly recently had, this is recent as uh, last week. Ooh, excuse me, y'all. I had a birthday party here. And I went to this club. And right after that, the club got shut down. Then he stepped up into another club here in Chicago, and they walked in there and found violation and shut that club down. This mute R. Kelly movement, they are not playing. They're not playing with this mute R. Kelly movement. And don't say what happened to blah, 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 blah. Why are they not talking about this? Why are they just trying to bring down a black man? Why are they just trying to do that? That's not. That ain't true at all. That's not true at all. Harvey Weinstein and Kevin Spacey shit was just on TV. Just a little while ago. Everybody that had something to do with pedophilia or this whole Me Too movement or rape or, you know, we want to say that they just targeting Bill Cosby and they're just targeting R. Kelly. That's not true. I'm going to tell y'all something else. I'm going to be 100% honest with you, okay? Here you go. When the mute R. Kelly movement first started to surface was last year when I first heard about it, 2018. Bunch of women, then one R. Kelly performing at whatever concert he's going to perform at and moved to mute R. Kelly. I sat on my radio show and said, that's not fair. Don't do it. Because what I believed at that time wrongly believe as they were muting R. Kelly or trying to mute R. Kelly because of what happened in 2008 when he had, it was either 2008 or 2009, when he had 21 child pornography accusations against him in a court of law. The case that he beat, found not guilty on all 21 accounts. Beat the case. So I'm like, okay, 
If the man beat the case, you can't hold him responsible for something that he hasn't been found guilty of in a court of law, right? He's innocent. We're all innocent until proven guilty. If he was found innocent in the court of law, then by law, he's innocent, right? Part of that mute R. Kelly movement was the fact that there was allegedly all of these women that R. Kelly was living with being held against their will. My point of that at the time, folks, listen to me now, be clear. At the time was if R. Kelly is living with women who are of age, legally of age, and they want to live with him and be a part of this, what people was calling the R. Kelly harem, let him. Hugh Hefner did it. Nobody said shit about Hugh Hefner. It's an alternative lifestyle that he wants to live. It's the same thing as if a woman loves a man and another woman, and they all get along and they're all married. That's an alternative lifestyle. He has the right to live with as many women as he can take care of as long as they're of age. Then come to find out, after surviving R. Kelly comes on Lifetime, that R. Kelly never stopped his shenanigans. Never. Never. After he got off with the peeing on the 14-year-old girl whose parents said, that's not my daughter, who said, that's not me on the videotape, contrary to what her aunt Sparkle said, that's my niece that I introduced to Rob because she's a rapper and he's supposed to be helping her. That's her. That's not his brother. That's him. Her best friend from school. That's the girl I played basketball with, junior varsity basketball, all the way through high school. That's her. She said, it's not me. They said, that's her. They couldn't prove it was her. They can prove she was underage. She never testified. Her father allegedly is R. Kelly's bass player still to this day. She is allegedly now one of the recruiters who teaches the other girls the way R. Kelly, a.k.a. Daddy, likes his sex. She said it wasn't her. So he got off. So I was like, why are we keep bothering this dude? for something that he got off for. Unbeknownst to me, R. Kelly was still continuing to do, allegedly do the same thing with underage women. There's actually on Surviving R. Kelly, a girl who said, I met him at the trial when I told him I was 16. He said, you think I don't know something? You think you're telling me something I don't already know? Tell everybody you're 19 and act 21. Let's dive into this a little bit. Think about when you were 16 years old. Think about yourself at 16. And this is the reason why my whole philosophy on Mute R. Kelly has changed. These are not grown women that we're talking about. These are not. There is a total difference between 16, 26, 36, 46, 56, and so on. You are a whole ass different person. You are not the same person. From 16 to 21, 
you change. Any parent out there that knows this knows that this is the truth. Any parent out there that has children, well, if you got children, then you're a parent, right? But any person out there that has children that are parents, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You are not the same. Your kid is not the same. You weren't the same. Your mama wasn't the same. Your grandmother wasn't the same. So when you go blaming these young ladies and say they knew what they was getting into, they are children. They're not 22, 23, 24. That is a whole different ballgame right there. They're children. They're impressionable. Think about who you had a crush on when you was 14 and 15. My niece, Ashley, Bow Wow all over the place. Some of the young ladies that I work with, B2K, Omarion, Lil Fizz, Pretty Ricky, whoever it was that they thought was the sexiest things alive when they were 15 and 14, even 16, are embarrassed to say that they like them like that now because they're grown and they're changed. These are not grown women. So when you say they knew what they was doing, what they was getting into, no, they didn't. They're babies, and they're our babies, and we should be protecting them. And we shouldn't have been complicit in the first place. This has been happening for as long as I can remember. R. Kelly married Aaliyah, and this is no alleged, so I can say this. He married Aaliyah. Aaliyah was 15 years old. This is not an alleged thing. This is truth. She is 15. And when I see Dame Dash, who dated Aaliyah up until her death, say, when the best of both worlds opportunity came to us, I told Jay, I am not going to be a part of this. I don't want no parts of this dude. Because Aaliyah was so hurt, so damaged by what he put her through, she just kept saying that's a bad man and didn't want to talk about it. They want to go into details of the manipulation and the trauma that that manipulation caused her and the damage that it did to her. She didn't want to talk about it. So Dame Dash did not put his name on the Best of Both Worlds album and took his money that he earned from that and dedicated it to Aaliyah's favorite cancer research foundation. There were no parts of it. Everybody in this industry knew that R. Kelly had a penchant for underage girls. And everybody in this industry knew that R. Kelly was going up to Kenwood High School, where he went to the Rock and Roll McDonald's here in Chicago, meeting and impressing underage girls with his wealth and his stardom. So during all of that time, you knew it. You looked the other way when it came time to make records. You were complicit. Jive records, complicit. Some artists, indirectly complicit. The complicit people are the ones that were around him every day that didn't do anything about it, that didn't say anything about it because they were getting money. That money fucked everything up. Black people, white people are like, we let a lot of shit go when it comes to getting money. It's 
especially if somebody has amassed the amount of wealth that R. Kelly has amassed, you let a lot of shit go. You compromise yourself a lot. You let them talk to you any kind of way that they want to because you're on the payroll. Well, uh, you know, getting this money. It's affording me a lifestyle that I couldn't even afford it by myself. It's taking me places that I have never or could imagine I would ever go. So this is just part of paying my dues. So I'm just going to let him talk to me any way he wants to. And I'm going to turn a blind eye out. Damn, shit. Shorty look like she, uh, wow. You know, how old are you, sweetheart? 19? Oh, okay. You ain't actually see no idea of nothing. No damn well. I'm watching dudes sit there on Surviving R. Kelly talking about, man, he used to tell me about the videotapes and he just couldn't stop and he, and I said, Rob, I'm going to pray for you. You knew illegal activity was going down, but since you were getting paid, you just let it happen. You're complicit. You're complicit. Directly complicit. Now, there's indirect complicity. These are the people that I didn't see it. A hundred percent. I heard about it, but I ain't see it. And I need this hit record because he is a genius when it comes to music. That doesn't make him a good person. And it doesn't make him above the law because he makes great music. Like when he had them parties here and girls are yelling, kidnap me. You can kidnap me. Ugh. I don't know where your brains at. And some of these are grown women because you old enough to get in the club. You got to have some kind of brain. You're 21. You can drink You're a little more mature than a 16 year old. That's impressed by it. And you still impressed by it too. Cause you don't care. You don't even care what he's done to other women. You, you don't, you don't care. You don't care. He claims he's going to sue people for appearing on there. The girl that gave him mono, the girl said he gave her mono. There's a young lady that wrote a whole ass book called Sex Me that takes us through his bisexuality, takes us through the herpes she says that he gave her, takes us through all of that, the slave mentality, the physical abuse, which is a part of it. Not just the fact that they were underage, but the fact that they were physically and mentally tortured. That's a huge problem with me. A father of four girls. That's a huge problem with me. And then there were people out there blaming the parents. How you don't know where your daughter is? How you don't know where your kid is? My birthday's next month. I'm here to tell you. I'm in my 50s. When I was 16, there was a lot of times my mom did not know where I was. I tell my mother's stories now. My brothers and sisters... We all get together. We sit around and talk about growing up, being young, and we'll say something. My mother was like, when did that happen? You know why? Because she was at work, and my dad was at work. He was trying to put food on the table. They did not have time to run around behind four kids all the time. They had to trust that we said we were going, that we were going to be where we said that we were going. They had to trust that. A lot of times, we said we was doing one thing, did something else. I remember plenty of times 
My mother thought I went to school. I hadn't seen that damn school. I had not and intercepted the letters when they came to the house saying that I had missed school. Days of school. Because somebody was having a a hooky party. I'm about to say hooky. A hooky party. We was at somebody's house drinking beers and smoking weed and shit. Yep. I had to do summer school one year because of it. My mother didn't always know where I was at. And my mother's not a bad mom. My mom's a fantastic mom. And so was my dad. I grew up in a two-family home. I'm lucky. My dad and mom took care of us, but did they always know where we were? No. So if I did something when I was out there, was it my mother's fault? No. If these little girls are skipping school to run behind R. Kelly, is it their mother's fault? No. If they run away and stay with R. Kelly and their mother has no idea where they are, is it their mother's fault? No. If these grown women now who seem to like to live with R. Kelly and be his living girlfriend, they don't want to go home when the police do a wellness check, that their parents' fault? No. No. My mom used to always say, you, you make your bed, you got to lie in it. That means a lot of stuff. You make your bed, you got to lie in it. If you choose to do something and you know that's wrong, when the consequences come, you have to deal with them. That's what making your bed and lying in it means. You decided to do that, so now you have to accept that. So don't go blaming a 14 or 15-year-old girl for running behind R. Kelly. That's the pimp mentality. That's a pimp mentality. You give them stuff they've never seen in their life. What do pimps do? They get low self-esteem girls to believe that they love them. Then they make the girl work so that she can continue their lifestyle. Because now you're a part of my family. You're a part of this family here. This is what this family is doing. So you need to keep this going for this family. Because don't you know, baby, everything that I do, I do for us. Don't you know the sky is the limit? If you just believe in me, if you just believe in us, if you believe in your man. We all going to be rich together, but everybody in this family has to contribute, baby. You can have the sun, the moon, and the stars. You can have fur coats and diamonds. But you got to contribute to what's good for this family. Yeah, your mama didn't take care of you right. Your daddy didn't take care of you right. But now you got a new daddy. Your daddy is me. As long as you do what you're told and you do what daddy tell you to do, we going to be all right. Some of these girls come from nothing and they living in a fucking mansion. They buying them red bottoms and dresses and, and getting their hair done and their nails done and taking them on tour to places they've never been before. Eating in places they would have never ate before because they're young and impressionable. He can't do that to a grown-ass woman. Grown-ass woman ain't having it. Call you daddy? Shit. Motherfucker only got one father. Fuck out of here. I, I'm not going to eat because you ain't like what I said. Shit. I'm out of this motherfucker. But not the young ones and the impressible ones. Watch the docuseries Surviving R. Kelly and you'll see what I'm talking about. They were brainwashed by a very powerful man that was insulated by a lot of people 
who contributed to and allowed him to do what he was doing and insulated him. And people that did survive in R. Kelly got threats. There was a warrant out here in Illinois for a former manager for threatening a young lady and her family behind surviving R. Kelly. Why? Because he was getting money for R. Kelly. He was getting money. That's why. It's not right. It's not right. How come y'all can have empathy and sympathy for Santonia Brown, who was a prostitute, killed a man, got life without parole at 16, that got commuted to 51 years, and she just got clemency from the governor. Why you can have sympathy and for her, but not sympathy for the 16-year-olds that are under the same influence that she was under from a pimp, but with R. Kelly? Why? Because R. Kelly sing, I believe I could fly. I wish. Step in the name of love. Yeah, he made great records. Bump and Grind, Ignition, Ignition Remix, Fiesta, Come to the hotel, same girl with Usher. Yeah, he makes fucking amazing feeling on your booty, trapped in the closet. It's not putting him above the law when it comes to dealing with children. <laughs> Excuse me. If R. Kelly, mute R. Kelly, was all about R. Kelly living his life with a bunch of women that was 24, 25, 26, 27, I'd be like, man, fuck that. Fuck that. Leave that man alone. The woman want to live with R. Kelly, fine. If he want to harem of women, he ain't married. He ain't married to Andrea no more, fine. But when Mute R. Kelly is about the abuse and degradation of underage women, physical and mental and all of that, then I'm with that shit. I'm with that shit. But if, he's, if he was just, de- when I thought that he was dealing with of age women, that didn't want to go home and all of that. And every time they did a wellness check on these women, these women was like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with us. I like it here and I don't want to leave. When y'all, when I felt like y'all was coming down on him, just because black women didn't like the lifestyle that R. Kelly was living with a bunch of women, I was like, nah, I'm not with that mute shit. Let him perform, let him get his money, let him do his thing. But after this shit came out that he allegedly did not stop what he was doing after he beat that trial, when all of these women that were surviving R. Kelly was like, I was 14, I was 15, I was 16, he deflowered me, he did this. Nah, that's a whole different ballgame. Because those are babies. That's a whole different ballgame. I pray because he's got one serious judgment coming. But we can't blame the parents. We can't blame these babies. You want to take the blame and throw it on everybody but the person that's supposed to have the blame on them. And that's R. Kelly. You know the difference between right and wrong. You know it. I remember one night I was with my boys. We had these sisters, and they were both fine. And uh, this girl that I was talking to was straight gorgeous. And uh, she would talk about school, 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 school. So I assume she's a college student, 25, 26. She's hanging out. She's drinking. 
actually met her and her sister in a club. We riding one day, and she, her sister was like, yeah, you know, such and such got to get home because she got school tomorrow. We in the car. We rolling. It's like 12.30 a.m., almost 1. And I was like, yeah. I was like, you know, I never asked you what college you go to. My sister said, college? She in high school. And that girl gave me a look like, oops, cat out the bag. So how old are you? I hadn't kissed her, touched her, did anything. She was 17. Listen, we spun that car around, dropped that child off, and never seen hide or hair of her again. Once you know, you're supposed to act accordingly. There are a lot of young girls out there that could really straight paths for 25, 26, and will carry themselves like that. But you have to ask. And once you know, you have to act accordingly. And you should know before you go if you know exactly what I'm talking about right here. But some of these, some of the ones that I have witnessed with my own eyes that I've seen with him after a show, there ain't no way in this world that that girl is of age. I don't care if she do say she's 19 or I'm 21. Yeah, all right. You look like you belong in Lil Bow Wow's dressing room at that time in the late 90s. You're tripping. Nah. But if you don't say anything and you're in that inner circle, then you are directly complicit. And if you're still doing songs and making music and looking for him to give you that hit, you're indirectly complicit because the more hits he had, the more money he made, the more he was able to do what he was doing and insulate himself from it, from eyes and from ears, because everybody protected him because everybody was getting money, whether he was indirectly getting money or directly getting money. I want to know where the people that stood up and said, Rob, you got a problem, man. You got a problem. You were abused, and now you're becoming an abuser. Let's, let's get you some help. I'm a, I, and if you say no, I'm gone. I'm not going to sacrifice my own. I'm not going to sacrifice my my own conscience and my own beliefs and my own standards and my own morals for a little bit of bread. I'm not going to do that. And too many people are doing it, and it's just been going on forever and ever. And I'm going to show you what I mean by indirectly complicit. If I know somebody's a drug dealer in my neighborhood and they got trap houses and the crime rate has gone up and people are getting killed and all of that, if I sell them the drugs that they sell in the neighborhood, I'm directly complicit in what they're doing to fuck the neighborhood up. Now, if they have a sneaker store, gym shoe store, whatever you want to call it, a barbershop, in a restaurant, and the restaurant's food is banging. And I use the restaurant, I give money to the restaurant, I get my hair cut in his barbershop, and I buy my shoes and my gear from his stores, then I'm indirectly complicit because I know, especially if I know. And usually in the neighborhoods, we know who they are. You know that this dude 
is dealing mad drugs in your neighborhood. You know that this dude is helping to lower your property value in your neighborhood. You know that people are dying or getting killed because of what he's doing. But you said, well, I don't buy drugs from him and I'm not selling him the drugs, but you are indirectly complicit in the crime that's going on because you're helping to support him in an indirect way. And I'm not saying that everybody from Celine Dion on down to Cassidy that made records with Jay-Z, with, not Jay-Z, that made records with R. Kelly were directly complicit. But you heard the rumors and the humbugs and you knew that Aaliyah's shit was true. So you were definitely indirectly complicit. All of us that gave him a platform got this new album coming out. I want to come up there and do an interview and talk about it. Indirectly complicit. Even when Torre interviewed him on BT after the trial, and he said, do you or do you not like teen girls? And he said, um, what do you mean, like, um, define teen? Huh? Huh? Now, Torre got his own problems. When girls stepped forward and said he was making sexual comments towards her that he apologized to her for. And she said she was going to let it go until she saw him on TV rolling R. Kelly across the coals. You just as dirty as he is. You ain't doing it with underage girls, but you still was sexually harassing somebody, allegedly. My point of the matter is this, y'all. These are babies. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about babies. I can't tell you what you do. I can't tell you what you do. I can tell you what I'm doing. We're talking babies, and I can't support that. That's what I'm talking about. Great music. Always going to be great music. I just can't support it. There's no way that I could do that. That shit is fucked up. I'm the father of four girls. I can't. I can't support it underage girls. Like, if I still wanted to do my harem shit, I would have smartened up. I would have made sure everybody's 21. But you don't have a penchant for something 21, 22, 35, 30, 37, 49 and fine as fuck, 45. Now I can't control them mentally. I'm going to go for that Younger thing. His brother sat right there on Surviving Arcana and said, my brother like young girls, I like older women. These motherfuckers is crazy. God complex in full effect. Once he got away with it, the behavior allegedly continues. Now he's mad, right? I'm not supporting that. I'm definitely on a mute R. Kelly tip right now. And I was wrong at first. But I'm going to ask y'all this one more time. How could you have sympathy for Satonia Brown, who was the product of running away, leaving foster homes, picked up by a pimp, sent out the prostitute, did it, and then shot a man and killed the man while he was asleep at 16? Y'all have a lot of sympathy for her, but no sympathy for the 16-year-old girl that gets in R. Kelly's car and is overwhelmed by his by his wealth his and his fame. You have no sympathy for her. 
Think about that the next time you start taking up for R. Kelly. All right? I'm out of here. Let's come on, son, the podcast. I'll talk to y'all next Monday. Keep God first. Everything else will fall into place. We'll talk at you, with you, to you, and about your ass next Monday. Be good if you can't be good. Be careful. Can't be careful and put it all on God, y'all. All right? Till the next time we ride together, slide together, laugh out loud together. Ed Lovick here with Miss Krista Hayes saying God bless y'all and thank y'all very much for tuning us in and not tuning us out. I give you the good shit and never the bullshit right here on Come On Son, the podcast. I get the fuck out of here with this bullshit. And remember, the views expressed on Come On Son, the podcast are mine and only mine. So if you don't like it, you really ain't got to listen to it. Peace. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out CigarsInternational.com for all your cigar needs. This episode of Come On Scent, the podcast, is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Krista Hayes and Kimana Paulus in downtown Chicago. This is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.